0: Hello and welcome to the Sport for Business podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hartnett, and in today's 57th episode of the show, we continue our sponsorship series. We are live from Las Vegas, though it's not all fun and games.
1: You didn't, by the way, expect to see as much standing water as there is. It's been lashing here for the last couple of days. Yeah,
0: welcome to the desert, huh? I'm joined
1: today by Conor Brophy of Teneo and
0: the Irish NFL Show, and we are talking Super Bowl and the incredible scale of the NFL.
1: If you looked at the, the most watched sporting events in the US over the last twelve months, the first the top fifty-six are NFL games. The next three are the, the, the college football playoffs the, the two the two cfp semifinals effectively in the college football championships, before you even get to a baseball or a basketball game so bear that in mind for one moment. a regular season nfl game attracts more viewers than the world series or the nba finals so let's get into it then
0: we are talking tv numbers
1: sponsorship two, taylor swift
0: gambling well when in vegas and plenty more So Connor welcome to the sports business podcast from the salubrious surroundings of Radio Row in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl.
1: Thanks Rob I'm actually I'm probably packed away in a little corner of the Mandalay Bay here I can see the the action going on on Radio Row just just ahead of me here but as you can imagine it's a, it's a hive of activity. Uh, I am here wearing my 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 two hats. I, I never travel with one hat as, as you know Rob what why, why would you bother doing that I have Obviously the the Taneo hat on because we've we've a we've a dog in the fight and that we, you know, are very interested in NFL and when we've been doing some work with that uh, with one of the franchises. So that's been kind of an experience in and of itself. But I'm also my, my side gig from my sins is as one of the co-hosts of the Irish NFL show. So we wouldn't be much of an NFL show if we if we weren't here for the for the big day. And it's 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 quite a quite an event leading up to it, I have to say. Um I mean, Vegas is just a wash with all things NFL, which is, is a significant takeover in and of itself, right? Because anybody who knows anything about Las Vegas will know this is where the big boxing fights happen whether they're in Caesars Palace or in fact I think there's one here in the Mandalay Bay uh, at the weekend if I'm not mistaken you've just across the road here in the Venetian the sphere where you two will be playing on Friday and Saturday night is big Adele concerts but you know nothing uh, compares to the the level of focus and hype on, on the Super Bowl as soon as you arrive into Harry Reid Airport it's all over the LED screens it's all Super Bowl Super Bowl Super Bowl um, I think I was telling you just before we started recording I flew through Dallas-Fort Worth yesterday and you know a lot of the, the chiefs fans on on my flight heading out were, were just starting to get high to, well not, not too many niners fans on on that flight that seemed to be more of a hope for uh for chief for the chiefs than for the niners but uh the fans are starting to arrive now in numbers and you know vegas is more than happy to host them because it's obviously it's a big deal for vegas as well right and, and it was interesting because i saw an ESPN article uh, during the week and they were talking about the time. And I don't know if you're you're aware of this, Rob, but it was an interesting anecdote for me. But when the, what happens in Vegas campaign and the slogan really took hold was when Las Vegas Convention and Visitor Authority, their equivalent, I guess, of Tourism Ireland for, for Vegas, um, wanted to try and boost numbers it was following 9-11 we were talking 2002 here tourist numbers were way down obviously people unwilling to fly and they weren't seeing the same throughput as they had been so they were looking at well how are we going to attract more people to to vegas so they decided they kind of branded as the almost the inverse disneyland it's the adult playground right and they they'd come up with the slogan it's not the first time it had been used but this was the time it had been popularized what happens in vegas what happens here stays here right The NFL refused to allow the video to air during the Super Bowl in 2002 because they didn't want the NFL associated with gambling. So it goes to show how much things have changed in the in the 20 years since it's now seen as one of the potential big revenue generators for NFL franchises, which, and we'll get to this, I know, aren't exactly short of a couple of books to begin with, but they're they're very much enthused about the the opportunities for exploring the growth of sports betting and sports, sports gambling in a highly regulated way and in a way that, that they want to protect the brand, obviously, but putting a franchise in Vegas and now hosting the Super Bowl here is big for Vegas and it's big for the NFL. And you're in no doubt about the the confluence of those two brands coming together when you're here and how important and meaningful it is on both ends of that.
0: If we did have a time machine and we could go back to only as far as 2017, so a mere seven years ago, Roger Goodell, who was the NFL commissioner, uh, the big boss, was quoted as saying that he did not see any future for gambling in relation to the NFL, that there were concerns about integrity, there were concerns about so many different areas. And, you know, America, even though gambling has long been rife, it was quite puritanical in terms of the regulation and the legislation. So Vegas was always there on itself and Atlantic City and a few other uh, Indian reservations, funnily enough, that had casinos. But now, It is just everywhere. Every NFL franchise, every stadium has got advertising that you see. They've got little mini casinos there available on game day. And it really has taken off. No DraftKings. One of the big brands involved in the gambling industry, they're sponsoring, uh, you know, the NFL's own podcast series, which are probably being recorded just around the corner from you there at the moment. And that that is something that you could never, ever have imagined. Just at the time that in Europe, we're actually sort of reining in legislation, uh, America has just decided to throw open the doors like a saloon door of old. And it is kind of a little bit like the Wild West, but we will see the, the, you mentioned there the size and scale, not only of the game, but the sport itself is on a level that is without parallel. You know, and when you think of America, you think of, oh, well, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL and, and the National Hockey League and things like that. But the NFL is a giant even amongst those, isn't it?
1: And it's hard to overstate that, Rob. That's absolutely right. I know maybe one of the numbers that kind of made my eyes water this year when I saw it for the first time was if you looked at the the most watched sporting events in the US over the last 12 months, the first, the top 56 are NFL games. The next three are the the, the college football playoffs, the, the the two CFP semifinals effectively and the college football championships before you even get to a baseball or a basketball game. So bear that in mind for one moment. A regular season NFL game attracts more viewers than the World Series or the NBA Finals. I mean, that is such a sea change from where it would have been. I remember the first time I came to the States, I was in Chicago in, in 96, uh, when the Bulls were in the middle of that, you know, uh, now commemorated in the last dance, they were in the, in, in the middle of uh, the, the Jordan Renaissance and the second three piece of, of, of his time there. And it was all about basketball. Basketball was all anybody talked about. Baseball was America's pastime at that point. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, remember them? Were in the middle of their their home run derby, as as it was dubbed at the time. Um, obviously steroid enhanced, as 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 we now know. Um, which didn't do do many favours for baseball in that era. But but football would have been maybe the number two, possibly at times even the number three, depending on, on where you were. Certainly in Chicago at that time, where the heyday of the Bears had faded by that point, and it was all about Jordan and the Bulls. Now the NFL is utterly, utterly dominant um, on the American sporting landscape, which is doubly remarkable when you consider the participation numbers versus the people who actually follow the sport. So baseball and basketball clearly dwarf football in, in participant numbers. It's not even close, even multiples of the numbers of people um, playing basketball and baseball and and, and indeed soccer, the, the highest participation sport in the US compared to those who play the NFL. And yet the NFL dominates in terms of people who identify it as their favorite sport. Football is now favored by 37% of Americans versus I think about half that for, for baseball as their number one sport. Obviously, they do they do follow all, all three, but the nfl has just ascended to the top of that mountain in the past 20 years and it doesn't want to let go as you'll see more and more games more and more international games even the christmas schedule this year you you didn't seem to be able to turn but that there was there was an nfl game on multiple games now on christmas day they've grabbed a hold of that you know uh, front of mind spot in in particularly from a broadcasting sense and they are not going to let it go
0: So much so, and it's spread as well. So we've got Thursday night football, we've got Sunday night football, well, Sunday all day football, Uh, you've got Monday night football, and you're right, there's an increasing stretch towards taking over Saturday as well. So for these you know, three and a half months, four and a half months of the of the year. And that's all that the NFL season runs for. It's all that's on anybody's mind. Um, my history with the game goes a long way further back, even to, uh, you know, McMahon and Perry for the Chicago Bears to the days of Marino and Montana. Um, and, and I've been in love with the sport ever since then. It's kind of my guilty secret a little bit, but it has, uh, it is continually delivered. You know, they... They, they talk about the drama of sport, but, you know, you sit down on any given week and the drama involved in a sport, which, you know, like each game will last for an average of three hours and 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so. So until you get it, you just don't get it. But when you get it, boy, oh boy, it becomes, you know, addictive on a, on a scale that's almost unknown in other sport. Uh, let's plug into that, like, the growth of it has been huge over the last number of years, but there's no sign of this plateauing either. You know, last year's, uh, you know, last year's Super Bowl I think was watched by 115 million. This year's championship games were watched. I think that, you know, the numbers were kind of 50, 55, 60 million people that were tuning in there that, you know, again, massive increases. Now in part that may have been a little bit of Taylor Swift and we can come back to that, but the You know, the sport is just growing and going, and growing. it It is a juggernaut that is accelerating
1: and when you say that, Rob, you've got to bear in mind as well that the NFL hasn't historically done a good job um expanding beyond its base. You know, it 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 doesn't have a huge number of female fans. That's been a problem for for any number of reasons. And, you know, the NFL has kind of had to search its soul for uh, the, the the way it's handled. You know issues to do with, for instance, domestic violence and other other contentious issues, which haven't always always been well dealt with by the league. And you know they're in a spot now where, despite that, they still have this this incredible fan base and this incredible you know audience that they can rely on from from a broadcasting perspective. And now the stars have kind of aligned. Literally, uh, if you're talking about a star of Taylor Swift's magnitude who's opened the game up to a whole different audience almost without the NFL even trying, unless you believe the conspiracy theory that it's all scripted and the NFL and Taylor Swift colluded because this was in in both of their their interests. I think we can give that one short shrift. But it just goes to show even with so much green space outside there. The NFL already has this really commanding position and it's looking at, as we talked about, international growth and they've only really started to scratch the surface there. I suppose the interesting thing, and you touched on it there, is probably one of the things that makes the sport so special for the people who follow it, like yourself and myself and others, is that there is that sort of scarcity premium on it. There's, you know, Your team is only going to play 17 regular season games. If they're lucky enough, then they'll play maybe one or two playoff games if they're really lucky they'll play three or, or four if they go through the wild card route and end up in a super bowl it's 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 not an awful lot and it's expanded from you know it was originally a 15 game season now 16 game season and um, uh, or sorry a 17 game regular season from it's gone past 16 you don't want to go too much beyond that though and i suppose that's that's wh- where the nfl is now where they 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 clearly would like maybe one more week in the schedule but you don't want to get to a point where you hit sort of the the, the baseball or basketball issue where you know teams are playing an 82 game regular season in, in basketball 162 game now is it in, in baseball and you dilute the product then and you you know the importance of any individual game is 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 that much lower when when, when you have so much of it available to you the NFL has done well to kind of keep that you know, focus on on Sunday, waiting all day for Sunday night as the the slogan goes. I know there's Thursday night football and there's Monday night football now as well, but each individual game feels that much more important because in the context of the schedule and what it means for the teams vying for the playoffs first of all and then vying for the Super Bowl, it it is that much more important. You can't afford to lose one or two games, so there are no dead rubbers.
0: Mm, Every game has jeopardy and that's, the most essential category, you know thing that you have in any sporting uh, in any sporting event um the two teams that are matching up on Sunday in this week's Super Bowl they're big supporter bases they're big storage teams as well the Kansas City Chiefs on their way to becoming a dynasty with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and so many other star players San Francisco 49ers as well they've had great success in the past under Joe Montana as their their kind of lead they've Haven't quite got over the line in the last couple of years. And i got to be honest, I was watching the NFC Championship game and the Detroit Lions, who I absolutely fell in love with this year, like so many others as well. Uh, Halftime there, I went online and I bought myself a Detroit Lions shirt because that was what I was going to wear on Super Bowl night. And God damn it, I'm still going to wear it on Super Bowl (laughs) night. But but it didn't quite work out for Dan Campbell and uh, and 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 Goff and and all of the rest of the of the players in that team. And, and, but
1: and this is the particular genius of the NFL, right, Robin? That literally anyone can come from nowhere and 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 win. Leitrim can win the All Ireland. You know, Notts County can win the Premier League. You know, you look into the right player in the draft. The NFL wants to help you if if you're not doing well. It gives you the first pick of the available college talent. Well-run organizations can can climb the ladder, however hapless they've been in the past. And the Lions are a perfect example and and the romance that builds around that. And I'm a Bears fan. And the, the Lions are historic rivals of the of the Bears in the NFC North as it is now, NFC Central as it was. Every Bears fan wanted the Lions to win that game and wanted the Lions to win the Super Bowl. Because, you know, you think to yourself, that could be my team. If we just get the right coach in and we get the right player in, you know, you can you can ride that bandwagon the whole way to a Lombardi trophy.
0: Yeah, that point you made there about about the NFL actually helping the weaker teams to get stronger. I love the fact that in the most arch capital society with the most arch capital group of owners and teams, which the NFL is, it's actually the most socialist way of running a sporting tournament in a sporting league that you could imagine
1: no it really really is it's, it's it's billionaire socialism as as you've you've beautifully outlined it there you know they they don't want the dynasty which is why i suppose it's so exciting for people when you see a team like the chiefs and they have the sort of talent that they have and, and how critical that getting the quarterback position right is every nfl fan or or casual viewer knows that um, when you have someone like Patrick Mahomes, special special things can happen, and that adds a whole frisson to the to the game on Sunday because there's so much at stake for him and for that whole dynasty building effort. He's absolutely obsessed with Tom Brady, wants to chase down Tom Brady's you know previously thought unassailable seven Super Bowl rings. You know Mahomes is going to be he's in his fourth Super Bowl under the age of thirty. No one's ever done that before. Possibly could have his third ring earlier than anyone's ever had. Three before, so that adds an excitement. As you say, that the 49ers side, you know, such a storied franchise with their own five rings, looking to add a sixth and join the uh, the, the Patriots and the Steelers in in that pantheon of, of of Super Bowl winners. They haven't had one for a long time though, and they've obviously, you know, as you've outlined, they've come just short the last time they played the Chiefs in Super Bowl fifty four and had a you know pretty. Uh, embar- or not embarrassing I suppose but unfortunate reverse in the NFC Championship game last year when Brock Purdy their quarterback got injured and you know it's very important for them to get over the line this time and particularly important for their, their coach Kyle Shanahan who also lost the Super Bowl as offensive coordinator with the Falcons famously or infamously from his perspective from 28-3 up losing to a, to a Tom Brady inspired comeback
0: I'm a Patriots fan so I very clearly remember that All right, uh, it's nice that every now and again the halftime switch works in your favor but that's, that's <laughs> the beauty of sport um i, I want to just talk a little bit about sponsorship this is the sponsorship series on the podcast and sponsorship in and around the nfl is absolutely enormous the game will be played in you know Allegiant stadium it which is you know which is very clearly sponsored and you, all of the stadia across america uh, very much there as well but we don't see the traditional branding that we would associate with sponsorship So that we know that, you know, when, you know, when Shamrock Rovers or Liverpool or Bohemians or Dublin GAA or Kerry step onto the field, there is a sponsor very much front and centre stage on the shirt. That doesn't happen in the NFL.
1: It's it's and it's a really good point because it? it's not like it's not coming at you from every available angle. It's you know the Apple Music and Pepsi halftime show. It's Allegiant Stadium. You know every team has a drink sponsor. You know probably a betting sponsor more than more than likely these days a food sponsor and and you know, all of the players have individual and endorsement teams or endorsement partners rather. It's sponsorship revenue for. For franchises was one point eight billion dollars in, in 21, 22. and you know it's probably past the two billion dollar mark now, according to uh, to, to Market Watch. Um, it, it, it's massive, massive business, and yet they keep the the product itself largely clean of branding, as you say. There is no sh- there is no jersey sponsorship bar the you know the Nike um, insignia on the sleeves, and even that is quite muted and and, and tastefully done, and um, because the you know they're very conscious the NFL of of what the product looks like of of you know the NFL owned its own media right which is which is historically been the most lucrative thing that you can do as a sporting organization bernie eccleston in, in, in formula one knows that story that's how he built his fortune because they held on to the broadcast rights they held on to the actual how the product was, was presented visually um, and you'll see this in an irish context you know as we come to hopefully the first NFL regular season game to take place in Ireland you know we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have done that global markets program and uh, they've agreed that with the NFL so they're they're actively looking in the Irish market and they're building towards a game timeline still still undetermined but we can expect probably in the next 5 or 6 years that we will see an NFL game here but if you go to the London games or you go to the Munich games as, as you probably have like I have Rob it's it's striking that it looks like an NFL regular season game because that's exactly the point it's not supposed to look different they want Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to look exactly the same way that Allegiant Stadium or Arrowhead or Levi Stadium in, in Santa Clara the 49ers home ground look because it's part of the regular season schedule they're bringing the international fold into the NFL so they, they want to diversify away from, from their home routes but they also want the product to look absolutely uniform and absolutely consistent and absolutely clean on the field around all that then you got TV timeouts and you got sponsorships and you got endorsements coming at you from every, every way shape and form with the helmets the jerseys the insignias the logos all of that is to be kept pristine
0: yeah and it's there are the small little things that you notice as well. You look at any big rugby match or football match anywhere in the world, and you've got your pitch side advertising, which is, you know, very very much in your face. You don't get that in the NFL. Simple reason is that you've got, you know, 60 big guys on the sidelines and you're not going to get visibility of that pitch level stuff. But but even when you do get glimpses of it, you know, places uh, like Baltimore and like, uh, you know, like Buffalo, where they've actually got murals on that side they're, they're promoting their own brand as opposed to sponsors now when the camera pans back you know you've got your mt bank and your uh you know your ford field and and all of the rest yeah. of it and that comes in but but it is that universality of the pitch always looking the same of the you know the the teams and the you know the cleats the, the messaging that they put onto that onto the collars onto the helmets uh you know there's it's very tightly controlled, but obviously incredibly lucrative. And you've only got 32 teams playing this sport because, sure, college football is big, but the NFL, so American football at its peak level, it only has 32 teams playing anywhere in the world. It's
1: mad. And, and, and that's reflected in the team valuations as well. There is no better investment if you have the couple of billion spare to begin with than, than buying an NFL team, you know, even poorly run franchises. I mean, you look at the, the Washington Commanders under Dan Snyder, who's probably been arguably one of the worst owners in NFL history. He still nearly doubled his money by the time he sold out and was half forced to, to, to sell out of the franchise. The average value for an NFL team now, as you say, only 32 of them is over $5 billion, according to Forbes. You take the top 30 um, soccer teams worldwide. You're looking at an average value of just over two billion. It's obviously not jump change, but again, that scarcity premium, which the NFL has a division to to create and not to dilute over the years, pays dividends for those who who can get behind the velvet rope, which is behind the velvet rope. I mean, is there is there a more protected inner sanctum in in American life or in sporting life than than NFL ownership? Everybody wants a ticket to that.
0: Well, I think, Connor that you and I are just made to. Own and buy one of these franchises. It's going to rely on you hitting it lucky on the tables. I think in <laughs> Vegas over the next couple of days. But you know, there's, where there's life, there's hope. Um, talk to me a little bit about your own schedule now, because you're over there, as you say, with your two hats on. But the Irish NFL show, a brilliant podcast. Anybody who hasn't tuned into it now is the right moment in time. Uh, what have you got planned over the next couple of days in the build-up to it
1: So we've we've a couple of we've we've player and former player interviews and former coach interviews with lots of people bouncing around the place. And we're, we're very excited about uh, the schedule we've got coming up here at Radio Row. We're, we're, we're grabbing some content here today, and we've got a whole slate of interviews tomorrow on Friday. We're going to do a live show and um, previewing the Super Bowl, and we'll make our game picks as well. Rob, I, I might give you a sneak peek if you if you put me to the pin on my collar here on, on on who I'm likely to lean towards. But we'll be doing a live show previewing on on Saturday. Be Saturday night Irish time, be about uh, uh, eight o'clock Irish time. By the time we factor in the time difference here, but it's kind of effectively Saturday morning for us on. On radio row and then you know while we're here rob you, you, you want to take advantage of actually being in vegas so we are going to go to the youtube concert on on saturday night as well it's all part of the, the the. it's work really it's all part of the you know the build up to the super bowl and i didn't think it would be fair if we arrived here without doing that so it's all part of the experience
0: i can imagine everybody taking out their AirPods now or their air their, and, <laughs> uh, and and just sort of throwing them onto the ground thinking Oh my God, where has my life gone gone so wrong? Um, one of the joys, one of the beauties of working in American sport is the open and accessible nature of the players. You'll see that on Radio Row that you're you're literally walking down, and you'll see this big guy walking towards you, and then you think, Oh my God, is that and it is. Uh, you know, anybody who has you know kind of struggled to you know to gain access to players in a european context and even in an irish context everything is a little bit tighter a yes. little bit more controlled uh, and, and, you- and
1: and you know rob as as you say when when you do actually and look, i'm i'm not not short i'm ju- just under six five myself when you're looking eyeball to chin at a defensive end and you think this is the guy that's been chasing down the quarterback like it's no wonder they take a while to peel themselves off the ground when they get sacked i mean it's it's <laughs> monstrous, like just seriously impressive figures of um humanity. It is.
0: Uh, well, look. Uh, you know, apologies to any listeners who have just been, uh, you know, blown away by the enthusiasm that we both have for this sport, this game. Uh, you know, this this life that really NFL. You know, sort of grabs you with uh, from you know from early September through to early February every single year. Uh, we're nearly done. So anybody who has laboured under our obsession with it, uh, we're, we're clear. <laughs> from uh, the early hours of Monday morning here, uh, the early evening hours of, uh, of of Las Vegas over there. Um, I hope you have a brilliant time. I hope that we will be able to talk uh, in the months to come about the prospect of the Steelers bringing the NFL to Dublin, to Croke Park. Uh, you know, fabulous story going on there. We've got the college football game coming up as well. Um, I got my invitation to the, uh, the US-Irish CEO Club dinner uh, with the uh, with with the Florida University and...
1: and that is that is quite an event as well. That's that's a you know a really interesting affair to be part of, as you say. Yeah, uh, Florida State and Georgia Tech on the twenty fourth of August, if, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. A um, couple of their former alumni taken to the field this weekend as well. We should mention Harrison Booker, the kicker for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, played with Georgia Tech in Dublin at a previous college football classic. Um, and I know uh, column from the Irish NFL show caught a bit of a word with him and uh, he was saying how much he enjoyed it and how he'd really enjoyed coming to Dublin. So let's hope we'll be welcoming him to Dublin. As you say, he may one day be playing for the for the Chiefs against the Steelers in, in the Aviva or in Croke Park or wherever that game may be and fingers crossed that sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, have a word. Get him to come over for uh, for Georgia Tech anyway this August, and uh, and we'll, we'll get him onto the podcast as well. He's he's a bit of a legend, uh, and he could be joined by you know players like Rory Began because the international pathway has opened up now. We've got Irish players that are doing their best and trying hard to actually get onto the program and get onto an NFL roster. Uh, so much to talk about, but you're in Vegas. You really need to be talking to other people than me. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Sport for Business podcast uh, this afternoon, this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening
1: to it. Uh, Connor Brophy, have a brilliant weekend. Thanks very much, Rob. It's New Orleans next year. We should start the planning now. You need to do Sport for Business from Radio Row 2025.
0: Oh, now you've set my mind racing. Thanks to Connor for taking the time out to chat. The big game is on Sunday. I'm leaning towards Chiefs Nation and Patrick Mahomes coming out on top. The kickoff is at 11.30, but tune in early for the biggest show in sport. You can subscribe to, well, maybe the second biggest show, the Sport for Business podcast, which drops every Tuesday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, sportforbusiness.com, or wherever you get your podcasts from. There are now more than 50 interviews to listen back to, including with CEOs like Ben Calverley of the British and Irish Lions, athletes like Rashida Adelecki and Reese McClenaghan, inspiring individuals and more. If you like it, please feel free to spread the word. And if you'd like to hear from a particular guest or on a particular subject, then do please feel free to get in touch. You can find out more about what we do day in, day out at sportforbusiness.com. Next week, we are moving into the business of football with Mark Scanlon of the FAI talking up the start of the SSE Electricity League of Ireland. Thank you for taking the time to listen in.